So good morning, Cohen. Uh, we had a fantastic conversation on Friday in regards to football. Football, the world's second language, or sometimes we can call it the world's first language, with knowing the popularity of the sport. Uh, firstly, how are you? Um, first of all, thank you, Courtney, for, for having me on this, on this platform. Um, obviously, I've got a passion for football. Um, love talking football, love coaching, love um, you know brainstorming and and making making it trying to make it better um, for everybody. Um, so obviously, um, getting on here, there was a good a good chat the other day that we had. We we played against each other back in the days when we were still when we were still players. Now we. A little bit over the hill, but uh, it's good to to look back and talk about things like that. Um, yeah, so a little bit about me, Courtney. Obviously, I was born and I grew up in KwaZulu Natal in in South Africa. Okay, um, played 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 my football there and a few other provinces in in South Africa. Um, and then um, from playing, I went into coaching. Um, and then a move came up, a coaching move for me to move to Australia. Um, that was in 2012, um, which was a good opportunity for me and my family. Uh, for my kids, I looked at it as investment for my, for my kids as well. Um, so I took the, the, the big leap, okay? Um, and I was on a sponsorship visa, working for a football academy on the Gold Coast in Australia. Um, which is good because obviously the dynamics is a little bit different to the South Africa grassroots and, and development structures. Um, and then from there, I built on my thing. I got Australian citizenship, um, which would help me in, in doing everything else that I wanted to do in football. Um, I opened my own academy at the back end of 2016, um, working with passionate young players that that wanted to go far and mentor and guide them um, and educate their parents as well because I, I think that's a, a big thing educating parents so they understand the game a lot of parents watch football on on tv and they just take out what they see okay but they don't really see what's actually going on behind the scenes what um education and words they need to use to their young kids coming up, um, you know. And sometimes you need to be honest, um, and people don't like the honest truth, but I think it helps you in the long run and, and in life as well, you know. Everyone's a coach, Cohen. Everyone's a coach. My yes. wife always says, everyone's a coach. <laughs> yes. Nobody's good. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and to be honest, Courtney, like c coming through, I was a player, like even coaches that you didn't rate when you were young, like now that I'm coaching, I even take something out of their book. You know, they might not have been the greatest coach for me, but I've learned something from them. So no matter who coached you or who speaks to you, you will always learn, but you just got to be open-minded and accept it, you know? Um, whereas there's a lot of closed-minded people, but in, in, in our world today, I think we need to get more open-minded people and leaders rather than closed-minded and followers, you know? Um, so obviously my journey to Australia, and then I was looking for something a little bit more to try and create pathways for, for talented players. Um, and I stumbled across an agent that's based in, in Spain, 
Um, and we've been talking for about two, three years. And then he's got an academy. So I decided, can we collaborate and do something? His academy fitted what I was looking for. It's a small city in, in Spain, in Colombia, the north, north of Spain. Two and a half hours drive from Barcelona, three and a half hours drive from Madrid. Um, there's only 55,000 people in the city. Okay. Um, it's a full-time academy. Um, he was looking to expand it and to bring in some, some good players to build his brand and grow the academy where I thought it was a perfect opportunity. Um, I had a few discussions with people in Barcelona. Barcelona is a lovely city. I'd, I'd live there, but um, for young kids, 16, 17 year olds coming across, they might get lost in, in Barcelona because it's a tourist attraction. There's lots of things to do. Um, and then obviously I put this plan in place. Uh, first of all, I found out from the CEO, does he have the same values as me? Because I'm big on trust, honesty, uh, family environment, you know, um, and transparency. So obviously when I was talking to him and I got a good feel, I decided let's take a leap. So I put some, some players that I was coaching since they were nine, 10 years old um, into a group, discuss with their parents and I build a good rapport with their parents. So obviously um, they trust me, not only from a coach's perspective, but also like a father figure, brother figure to, to their kids. Um, because obviously I'm honest, I'm upfront, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything, um, but I but I'll be honest with you that I'll I'll give my best. Um, so then we made the leap, um, and I brought 18 players across from Australia to Spain in different various age groups um, to play in Spain um, to live the actual culture, to be in the everyday culture, to to learn Spanish and to communicate with their Spanish teammates that they're playing with in their teams. Um, they do online schooling, because I think education is very important. And I don't look at it as your first goal is football and your second goal is education. No, they work hand in hand, right? Because you know, Courtney, in football, you can get injured. You might be out for two months. You might be out for six months. But education can can fill in that gap so you don't get bored and, and you know, lose interest. Um, so I think education is important. So talking about the Under-17 World Cup that's coming up in advance, um, obviously you and I touch base of a, what I thought was a catastrophic result in this week where the South African Under-17 team lost 5-0 to Senegal away. Uh, yes. in the quarterfinals. I didn't know how they got to the quarterfinals. You lose two games in a group and win one and you get into the quarterfinals. But yes. there you go. They get there. Um, I thought that was a, a thunderbolt of a, of a score. A, 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 a loud moment for us, which almost nobody spoke about except Quite a few people, one being Mushin Etrigal, yes. immediately jumped on it and said, listen, there is a brilliant example of what is going wrong. You followed in with the chat and I followed in with the chat. Yes. What are your views of that result? And where do we go from here, in your opinion? I think, um, Courtney, to be honest with you, and, and not to stand on anybody's toes because it's football, it's a small world, right? 
Um, but it's good to have these conversations and being, being honest and upfront so we can learn from it and we can try and improve things, okay? Um, for me, I looked at that result and I, and I watched the game um, when they played. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I don't blame the players. I don't blame the coaching staff. Um, but I think it needs to come from a higher up position that pe people need to be accountable. Nobody likes that word in, in football, accountability, which is that's number one. Number two, too many people use an excuse policy. There's too many excuses. We don't have money. We don't have this. Okay, let's find a solution. Okay, it's football. You know, you and I, we grew up, our parents never had everything. And sometimes, you know, we didn't even have money to get to, to football. But because we love the game, we found a way to get there, right? So um, what I think needs to happen, and we've got so many talented players in South Africa from all the provinces, okay? If you had to select a team you in, in all the age groups, you could get a decent team. But the way I look at it is, they want to go to a big tournament like this, okay? But they want to have a two-week camp. To be honest, you can have the best coach, Pep Guardiola, and he wouldn't be able to do much with a, with, with a team that just comes together in, in two weeks, okay? Because they're all coming from different teams. They're playing in different competitions. Some of them are not even exposed to senior football or being in a senior environment, in a competitive environment where you compete week in week out and you as a young player people might think i'm sounding harsh but you need to be held accountable because you're playing for a result and that's what creates that winning mentality that hunger for success okay but that comes down courtney to obviously the structures and the plan from the top okay i'm not sure if you're aware but japan were really struggling at at once upon a time um, and I did some research into them because I think they got a great model, right? And they came up with the 25-year plan, okay? How are they going to get to where they are now? And I think they around the 20th year or 21st year. And they are one of the best teams in Asia. They compete in, in, in the World Cup. A lot of their players are playing in, in Europe. But everything comes down to grassroots, Okay. The government has, has backed them. The, the Football Federation has, has pumped lots of money into the development. So they might not be good now, but give them a couple of years with the right people in place, the right coaches. Then they become a powerhouse in Asia, but now they're becoming a powerhouse in the world. And I think South Africa, I think we've got the players. We've got the players to, to conquer Africa. Sundowns is doing it, okay? And Sundowns have the financial backing. They've got fantastic players, but they've also had the right uh, foundation set by, by Pizzo. Did results go according to plan when he first came in? No, but he built on that. He had a good technical staff. He brought in the right players for their plan. Um, they had a philosophy. And also they've got identity. That's the thing. When we look at Bafana Bafana in 1996, when we won the African Nations Cup or leading up when we came back into the world of football, we had an identity of how we played. I look at Bafana now and the younger teams, we don't really have an identity. Well, Cohen, you know, 
I've been very critical of of the national team, and rightfully so. Yeah, you know, there's people out there that are saying, "Well, we've we've qualified for the African Nations Cup. We stumbled into it, you know, in a in in a group that was actually cut short. It was almost um, we we came second in a two horse race, and we're celebrating it. But the failures of planning is what results in the failures of our progress. And I feel what has actually happened with the under-17s, you could almost take this as a carbon copy. And when South Africa go to the African Nations Cup, the same thing is going to happen. Because we are going to fail to plan. We're going to fail to prepare. We're going to fail to dedicate time to the national team and give the coach the support he deserves in order to produce something on that stage. If you had to speak to somebody, how would you feel you need to correct it? From your point of view, being part of an academy, working with these players day in, day out. I think looking from the South African perspective, um, first things first, we need to have a uh, uh, discussion, an uh, open open plan discussion um, with, the, with the hierarchy, okay? And then we need to sit down and brainstorm a plan moving forward, okay? And that includes the technical directors, coaches, but we need people's input, Courtney. It's not just my input or your input or the hierarchy. We need more football brains behind this input because everybody's going to have some great ideas. Is all ideas going to work? No. But at the end of the day, we want to put ideas so the national teams can benefit and our young players can benefit. Okay? So by having a plan and a structure in place, everybody needs to be accountable to that. Okay? If this is how we're going to plan and do it, let's stick to our guns and let's do it. Is everything going to fall together overnight? No, because it doesn't work like that. We need to have a process and we need to trust the process. Nobody can ever say to me, Duncan Crowey does not know football, right? Duncan Crowey is one of the best South African footballers to ever come out of South Africa. And I think you just think to yourself, timing, had it been more or less, now Duncan Crowey could have played in Europe along with so yes. many other players, like Sean Bartlett did, okay? So I agree with you. You can't blame the coach. The players are young. Some of them are 15 that are playing in that game. Some of them are 17, but I, I think still very young. Um, you just got to look at the preparation. Now, yes. talking to Dylan Kerr a few weeks ago, he was talking to us about the preparation Sundowns puts in place for games away from home. Their own cook. The delegation tra travels a week before. They find the accommodation. They find the training fields. By the time the team comes, that's all in place. They are they have no external factors affecting them. They are in a hub. They did to do a job, but the work's been done back at home as well. Yes. Do you think that sort of investment is needed into all age groups, men's and women's teams, to get a better output? And I had another friend coaching with the Chinese uh, women's national team. And he said they had a staff 
of 30 people, a staff, not players, a staff of 30 people helping the team. Um, so for me, as you said, planning is really important. Going away, observing opponents' games, analyzing their games, identifying their strengths, identifying their weaknesses, okay? Getting their last few games that they play at home. How have they done at home? How have they done away? Okay, because all those come down to the one percenters we talk about. You get those one percenters and, and you will be set up. But you miss the finer details and that could come back and hurt you. You know, I looked at that that 5-0 loss to the under-17s and four of the goals were scored from balls coming in from wide areas. Okay, and, and the, the fifth one, one of them was a, was a free kick, but coming in from a wide area, player meeting it in the near, near post. Um, so looking at that and, and me coming from, from South Africa, I know that as South Africans, goalkeepers and defenders we struggle dealing with balls from from the side and how many years ago was that that i was that i was playing so it's those little details that if if the technical team the technical director is going out and and putting plans in place number one we need coaches that are educated but also we need to help them with their personal development right um are we doing enough with that maybe not but how can we can we come up with a plan that we can you know um because i feel personal development is is really good i'm an a licensed coach okay um currently but for me my personal development is still is still big like every opportunity i go and watch a professional team train or a academy train so i can see what the coaches are doing what the players are doing um, because our game is evolving all the time. I don't know how this gets fixed, Cohen, if I'm being very honest with you. Um, when I saw the result, yes, I said it was a lightning moment. I felt it could have been more. Yes. Um, I, 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 to be honest, I felt it could have been more. It doesn't reflect the players' abilities. I think it, that, that result reflects preparation in my opinion um it has to be fixed is it going to be fixed i don't know because uh, all i can keep hearing in the background is dr kumalo talking about our last world cup failure when the national team manager wanted someone to go out to ghana to watch them prepare and safa wouldn't even pay for the scout to go and do that Lack of preparation again. We don't go to the World Cup. Gonna go ahead of us. Yes. So um, I, I just don't know how it gets fixed. Um, what do you think? If I have to ask you for a simple solution, very quickly, if you have to sit down in front of a sofa panel right now, would be maybe two or three points you'd immediately say to them, this is what we need to do to get better. Courtney, I think we've got enough people in, in South Africa to go back to the drawing board. And I'm talking about high-profile people, um, Pizzo, Pizzo for one, um, to bring him on, on a panel. And let's put more effort 
time and come up with a plan that's going to help our, our national teams. And I'm talking about all the national teams, from the smallest detail to things that we we we, we do. Um, do do they do some things good? Yes. I'm not going to say no, they don't. But it's a small things that that we can we can put more people onto the technical committee and help the technical director. Number one, I feel that South Africa is such a big place, I understand, but we need more technical people in, in different provinces to be identifying 15, 16 year olds, 14 year olds, um, 17, 18, 19 year olds, you know, for your different age groups, but also for the female game because the female game is growing as well, right? I don't want to leave that out because it's, it's important. Um, and not just looking at the high profile teams, okay? Because the high profile teams have got the good juniors because people want to play for the brand, right? The Kaiser Chiefs, the, the Mamelodi Sundowns, the Orlando Pirates, which is fantastic. But in, in those big organizations, the young talented players, how much game time or opportunities are they getting to actually play week in, week out to challenge themselves that's the question we need to ask ourselves because a player can be brilliant but if he's not getting game time to challenge himself against good players older players experienced players then he's not going to develop do you know and he becomes stagnant i know we had a lot of great players coming through when i was at when i was a junior at amazulu but um, they never got the opportunity because I also feel that a lot of the old players are just getting recycled in the PSL. You know, like they had a club, they, they fail, they go to another club, they fail, they go to another club, they fail, they get chance upon chance. But I think our, our owners and our presidents and our coaches need to take a gamble on our young players, give them the opportunity, have some balls because I know a lot of, South African coaches, their hands are tied to a, to a certain extent, okay? Um, because presidents will say, you, you need to play this player or you need to play that player, okay? But a young player could be doing well in training and could warrant an opportunity, but the coach can't take that gamble because, you know what, he could, after the game, he could say, you know what, there's your bags, you need to, you need to go. Kelvin? with the uh, influence of a small Spanish town outside Barcelona, one from one of the greatest places in Natal. Thank you so much for your insight. Thank you for your, sharing your thoughts. Hopefully, uh, we start to create some forward progression, which then starts to impact our young players because Bafana Bafana is not going to get good on its own. It needs the roots to get better. Thank you so much for talking to us today.